Hey everybody, I'm Kate Conroy. And I'm Vanessa Vitola. And this is Other People's Business, which is the podcast from the New Jersey Business and Industry Association, which is the largest statewide business association in the country. For more info on us, visit njbia.org. We release a new episode every other Wednesday, so be on the lookout. Shout out to New Jersey Manufacturers Insurance. They provide home, auto, and workers' comp insurance, and they're the official sponsor of the show, so check them out if you need some insurance. Just a couple of housekeeping matters before we get started. Our show drops every other Wednesday on any podcast network you like, like on iTunes, Google Play. If you're not into that whole podcast scene, you want to check out These Smiling Faces every other Wednesday, catch it on YouTube at youtube.com slash NJBIA. Either way, we'd love it if you subscribe. It can be difficult to remember to jump in every other Wednesday and go, oh, are they new, are they not? Subscribe at njbia.org slash subscribe, and they'll notify you whenever we're new. So today's guest, say hi, introduce yourself, is Karen Ross of Spectra Bridge Solutions. Hi everyone, I am so excited to be here. We're excited we to are, have you. Oh my yes. gosh, this is great, I love this. This is great, we do. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great job, can I not get into this gig every other oh. month? Oh my god, thank you. So was it a, a, a trip to get to Trenton today? No, no, I live up by um, Hillsborough, New Jersey, right down Route 1, but you know, there's like a wind tunnel storm going on. Yeah. You guys have an awesome movie theater, I don't so, know like what the name of it is, but I don't know if you've oh, been there. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I never go to it, but oh, thank it's you. Amazing. Is that the one by 22? Is that the one you're talking about? I don't no, know, but they... they off Radio Boulevard, are you saying? Uh, That's where we are. I haven't been there too many times. I don't know where it it's is, big, but it's you go small. in and they have glass cases all over the place mm -hmm. of movie memorabilia, costumes. Really? Like, yes. Yeah, it's one of the few movie the theaters I've ever seats. seen that have like, um, you know, like they care. Like you can tell that they're movie fans yeah. and they put that all over the place. I'll put the name of it at the bottom of the screen while we're talking. All right. <laughs> yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Nice. No, but I was saying it's like a wind tunnel out there too. Yes. So every direction I was trying to get down here because I had a route, I was getting misguided by the police because I guess everybody's garbage oh, cans and branches <gasps> and trees oh. are down. And, and I just got a new car last week. Ooh. So I was literally like, please do not Don't touch, touch my, baby. my car. Yeah. Do not do anything. Branches were flying. It's strange because it's beautiful out. It so is. very weird weather today. What I really hate is that for whatever reason, I use Google Maps. I'm sure there's other ones that are better Waze. for GPS ways. I love ways. Can you tell, because I can't do this with Google Maps. I can't tell Google Maps, there is an obstruction in the road here and I need to get around it. Like No, you can't tell Google Maps any of that. Yeah, you can tell like, Waze that. You can? All right, so I'm probably going to start that while you're Waze. driving. It won't let you. It will ask you if you were the it will, passenger. Yes, it will ask you to affirm that you are the passenger, yes. but only when you are looking for directions. If you tell it that there's a cop hidden here or there's a, a a car right. that's pulled over or there's a pothole, it will not ask you if you're the passenger in order to alert them, which I feel like is really disingenuous. Yeah. Hmm. Like, we, we want you to be safe, I but agree. only if, only unless you're gonna like let us know that something is up ahead. Because I feel like part of me being safe is not getting lost. And right. that's the problem. Like, so, you know, there will be a detour in the road and there won't be any indication of how I'm supposed to go around it. So I'll turn off, hoping that I can kind of get around it, but then the GPS keeps routing right. me right oh, back to the where thing. I started. That's what um, happened to me today. So I tested my new navigation system on my car, and then I put the Googles on, because that's all the only thing I trust. I don't even trust Waze. I got so lost in Waze <laughs> really? up in Connecticut one time. I was lost for two hours. I said, never again will I do Two Waze. hours? There was an accident, and it deterred me off. I don't know where it was taking me. I think I ended Jeez. up in Maine and back into Connecticut. I couldn't tell you. But wow. my navigation was routing me around something, and mm. it routed me right back. But yeah. the, the Google did it. 
So okay. I, said, I turned off my navigation. I said, okay, sorry. And the weird thing is, like, okay, so there'll be a lot of times I'm driving and Google will kind of come up with an alert that's like, we found a faster route or right. there's a slowdown. Yeah. And I'm like, well, where were you on this one? You know? Like, totally. Yeah. All right. So today's icebreaker is, are you an overpacker or an underpacker? Oh, that is so easy. I am an overpacker. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. In so many ways. Totally. And I travel a lot with my business. Yeah. And sometimes I do not want to take extra luggage with me yeah. because, first of all, I had a terrible experience. I was going out on a speaking presentation back in October, mm -hmm. and I was flying with, uh, well, I would say the carrier, because yes. I don't want to. Good idea. Yes, I'm going to keep that. <laughs> but there was several flights going out. I was going out into the San Francisco area. Mm -hmm. And I literally got there at 10, thinking, oh, good, the time change. I'm going to have three. I'm going to be okay. I'm going to rest. I'm going to be up for my presentation. I gave my luggage, because I checked it. Mm -hmm. And so for some reason, the plane just couldn't fly. Something was wrong with a light, a light. And we were sitting there for hours. And they're like, well, you can switch your flights. All my clothes for the conference, what I was presenting in, my presentation, everything I was filming was in that bag. I said, okay, so you're gonna give me the bag, right? Because I overpacked, of course. Mm. And they said, no, the bag will not follow you. So I had to stay and wait. And needless to say, I did not arrive in San Francisco till two in the morning at <gasps> the time. Oh my! I spent 11 hours at Newark Airport. God, yes, oh my it was gosh. fun. I had a lot of friends. I connected with a client. Oh my god! <laughs> had a lot of free food. <laughs> so my lesson learned there: at least pack one bag that you take on the plane with yeah. you, especially when you're going for business, and make sure you have a change of outfit and everything you need for the conference minimally. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So now I'm trying yeah. to pack down a lot, but it becomes very difficult for yeah. me. I, I that is always my goal to pack down, and it never works out. Well, girls, that's yeah. what happens. What does that mean, pack down? Like, underpack? Underpack. Yeah. The, the goal is always to bring just the bare minimum, just mm. exactly what I think right. I'm going to need. And the problem is, I always get to that point where I'm like, yeah, I think this is probably it. And look at how much more room in the suitcase there is. I could totally bring those extra shoes or that extra jacket or that whatever. I have friends that pack their outfits, and it's all sequined, and they, like, they literally lift it out. I've been traveling with them. And there's the three outfits, the shoes, and it's so nicely packed. I tried that. It just didn't work. Yeah. That takes such forethought, I right. feel like. I can't. <laughs> I, I, I think that's what they do. They probably pack they the think days. about it. <laughs> there really the night before. I can't. Looking at the weather, wherever I'm going, is it going to work? I mean, I have a pack list. I'm a pretty organized person, right. and I have an... Um, a Word document that I update every time I travel, and at the top it says, Pack "Wow, this. a Word document." A Word document. Can you share that? I, I want to know what's on that. Absolutely, document. <laughs> I can share it with you. But it you looks have like a business there. <laughs> maybe I don't know, but like tops, you know, these three bottoms, you know, couple of pair of right. jeans, khaki skirt, whatever. Like they're categories, and um, I've worked very hard on this pack list, so it works for me. But I feel like that takes it to a whole new level oh, it when takes you've it got to a like whole level. a whole like packet of just that outfit for the day. And here's the thing, here's the catch. You might not run into this a lot because you're a male, but women <laughs> carry makeup yeah. and a lot more toiletries and shampoos. And yes. if you want to go and check in and not check your bag, what does TSA tell you? You yeah. have to have everything in these little four or five uh, ounce yeah. bottles, which I learned to do and yes. I did it very efficiently. Well I get to the hotel someday and say, what is what? I forgot to label. Yeah. You're smelling, okay, is this a shampoo? I know. Is this the conditioner? Is this my face cream? Yes. What is the point <laughs> of telling me I can't carry something that's like the size of a water bottle, but if I carry 40 little things in that have the same like 
liquid content. Like, I, I hate that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, and they'll take it out. I've seen women yeah, lose yeah. like hundreds of dollars of shampoo. They're trying uh, to get it to I lose sunscreen all the time. Like, yes. I, I don't know why sunscreen is not just universally sold in the, the maximum amount that you're allowed to have on a plane, but like, I wind up like having to throw out sunscreen just about every time I go on vacation because it's just too big. Yeah, it's, it's a trick. They want you to buy the sunscreen when you get there, full size, at the hotel. I hope TSA gets price. a cut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Doubtful. Mm. There's very few sunscreens you can get in small travel sizes. Very few. I have searched high and low. Mm -hmm. Trust me. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. I high and low. I've probably start squeezing it out into like the little shampoo bottles or yes. something. That's a really good idea, actually. Yeah, maybe you need to put that, that on the Word document because yes. I would always forget to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I just recently um, gave up on that, though. I check all of the toiletries. I check everything because. I just don't have the patience anymore to, to squeeze everything into yeah. these little bottles. And as long as I've got room in my bag for it, screw it. Now I just have a nice travel bag and I keep them in and I have what I call, I'm checking in bag, so that mm. could go into the luggage and I have, oh, nope, I'm carrying on bag. So when I travel in another two weeks, I'm only gone for two days, I know exactly that's the bag I will pluck out of my closet that's and go. Great. I because do that stresses me the most. Yeah, no. Missing I something with my toiletries. Uh -huh. The clothes I can figure mm. out and buy, can't always find your makeup everywhere you want. That li favorite lipstick. You're totally right. <laughs> I totally agree with you. I actually started doing um, a pre-packed toiletries bag. Like I know exactly what I need, and over the course of however many years I've been traveling, I've gotten duplicates of stuff. So I have two face creams. One is on my bathroom sink, and one is in the toiletry bag. And I have a little note in the toiletry Great bag. Think alike. Right. That's exactly what I do. There's a little note in the toiletry bag, only missing, you know, toothbrush. Right. The stuff that, like, I use on a daily basis that I wouldn't necessarily need to put okay. in there. Travel toothbrush, travel. Oh, yeah. You're probably right. Mm. I just buy everything travel and then size it's just in there. and it's there. Some of that stuff you can get from the hotel too. Like if right. you're like, hey, yeah. look, I forgot well, toothpaste or whatever. Someone yeah, will give it to you. they'll true. give you the shampoo and stuff too. But you can't be picky, you know. Yeah, and I'm picky. Uh, yeah. Shampoo <laughs> especially. Are you shampoo surprised? Especially. <laughs> so are you an under or an overpacker? It's weird. I'm I'm like both. So I'm an underpacker on the important stuff. Like you know, if I'm gone for three days, you know, I'll I'll have just enough t-shirts, right. just enough underwear, just enough socks, whatever and it all fits in there. But then I'll overpack on stupid things that like I don't need. So like- Elaborate. Like every electronic device I own like comes with me. Like I'll have my carry-on bag and I'll have like my phone, my Kindle, my Switch, my Vita, my 3DS, like, and none of these things wind up getting used on the plane. Like, you know, so funny. like, yeah. But, so there's a hit to that. Yeah. Mike, well, I can give you one because you don't have this. So sure. you know how you always go and get makeup and you get the free makeup bags and yeah. the big bags? My girlfriend said, put all your media stuff in there. Mm. And I literally put all my wires, like my headsets, my headset, and it's clear. Mm -hmm. And I just throw it in my backpack that's going on the plane with me with my business stuff, pull it out, I can see it all, and it's all there. And I bought one set of extra everything. So I just leave it in my that's bag. That's great. I leave it when I travel, if I work, if I'm going to an event even for a day. So I, I like it. Because I am tired of overthinking, and then I'm sitting at the airport, or I'm sitting at the event, and I go, <sighs> I need that charger. That yeah. Yeah, the charger. chargers too. Got you that know, those adapter. Got yeah. I forgot. Mm -hmm. And then I'm panicked and I'm not even paying attention to anything going around. Totally. Right. That is the worst when you're halfway through an event and your phone is at 30% and you right. realize you've forgotten the charger. Or worse, you've got a charger, but it's one of those temporary ones that's this big, it's like six <laughs> inches long. And you so you can plug it in, you can charge your phone, but you literally cannot right. use your phone because the outlet is, you know, three mm -hmm. inches off the ground. <laughs> I, I mean, these are seriously things that like stress me out. Oh yeah, 
I use an electric razor. I've never really been able to do the manual ones. So it, there's always uh, like a palpable fear that I'm going to forget right. to bring it with me. Because you can go to a desk at a hotel and just be like, can I get a razor? And they'll yeah. throw you one. But like the electric thing, not so much. And then I always fear I'm going to leave it at the hotel, you know. Ooh. Yeah. That and all the electronic devices I'm bringing and all their chargers. Cause, the you chargers know, are so the chargers, easy. Yeah. I always leave a charger behind. I mean, thank goodness, like, these days, most of these things are not proprietary. So, like, if I leave the USB-C cable at, like, some hotel, I can always just get another USB-C right. cable. But, like, still, you know? But it, it irks me. Like, it really makes me mad that I have to spend... 15 bucks on a new charger because I was dumb enough to forget it. Like, no, I'm having a headset. Well, yeah, there's that. What really yes. worries me is like... Don't double charge you. Uh, I forgot my headset and I was going I five hours. That's that. California. I needed headset. Yeah. Mm. I'm sleeping in. I'm listening to music. Totally. I'm listening to movies. And Gotta have that one I bought for maybe $30. It was like $70. <gasps> I go, really? That is criminal. They got you. They got you. They yes. know you're an audience that they're going to serve at that moment because mm. you're desperate to have a headset like me. I'm sorry. So that's why I packed that nice cosmetic yeah. bag and I bought, that is my extra headset now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did that with a cosmetic bag um, and a first aid kit. So I have this those cosmetic bags that they right. just give away for free, right. you know, whenever you buy a certain amount of dollars at, at Clinique or whatever. So I have, like, some Band-Aids. I've got a, a Ziploc baggie full of... Um, Tylenol and Tylenol PM, and thank God they're different colors because otherwise it would be very dangerous. Right. <laughs> Got a little tube of Xanax in there because you know when you, when you fly, when I fly. Oh, I have it too. I need a little My hit of something. Right. Like an air sick if it's something. Bumpy. Yeah, so I've got like this little first aid kit that just goes right into my carry-on. Right. It's perfect. There's no liquids in there. It's just perfect. I have a little pill box for all, the, all those things. It's six. <laughs> it's six compartments, and I know which each one says. Although I did. Once confused the Xanax with a stomach medicine I had. That's and dangerous. And I was looking, and I was literally in the airport going, one has the line, one doesn't. And I remember I pulled, told my brain which one it was. Uh, I'm looking them up online. Now they're all generic. You can't even find the right pill to match. So I said, well, I'll take my chances and see what happens in about a half hour. <laughs> Rolling the dice. That's too funny. You only live once. So. That's true. You only so live what do you two do about the uh, the return trip? Like, do you leave? Because if you're overpacking, are you leaving space for stuff that you get there? That is always a dicey question. You're totally right. Um, wow. You know what? I'm just thinking. Do you remember, like, years ago we were at a happy hour, you and I and a bunch of other people, and we had this idea where you could just FedEx overnight your toiletries so that you didn't have to worry about packing that stuff. Mm. We even had like a name for this new business. I remember that, yes. It was like poo on the fly. It's like something like that. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would love that. Right? So uh, you don't have to take up Are they going to pick it up at your house though? That's what I would want to happen. So no, That's it's a kiosk yeah, we were, at, the we, oh, at the yeah, airport. Yeah, we imagined that we were like, uh, right. getting in bed with the uh, the airports right. and that so, they would have like little kiosks set like up Like Starbucks us, yeah. has a kiosk at the airport. So you just stop by the FedEx kiosk it's, there's like a cardboard box that's you pre-made. You giving away a great idea right now. I know. You know that, right? But you know what it is? Rather than actually like I, making I the agree, business, we really right? just want it to exist. Line, just throw it in and say, get it on. That's right. Then you could check a large bag. Right. Or not check. You could like a take on a regular, a regular bag that you didn't need a large bag, but you couldn't. Mm. Toiletries. I did a variation on that when I went to California. So I was staying with my brother and like I... I didn't overpack, but I filled the case, and I didn't leave any room for anything that I would get there or whatever. Right. So we wound up like shipping it all back to my house right. after the fact. Exactly. But, but this would make it so much more convenient, especially if you don't have anybody at but the destination. But for like twenty bucks, if FedEx yeah. could just 
overnight it, and then when you land, yeah, you're not gonna have what you maybe need, but it'll show up the very next morning, right, right at your hotel, all your toiletries for the week, and then when you get back to the airport, overnight it, right? It's brilliant. It's a brilliant mm. idea because... Or even maybe the return trip wouldn't have to be an overnight. Like, I could wait, like, three days for the uh, extra bottle. Oh, yeah. Or, yeah. So it'd be cheaper. Or maybe not even, like, send it back. Because sometimes, like, I won't even, like, bring the extra bottle of toothpaste that I brought uh, with me back. But do you, do you carry on all that electronic things? Because now that I'm yeah, traveling, that's my if I want to tape myself or bring some more stuff, I get so paranoid because... If I check it in and it doesn't show up, uh, oh my gosh, then I don't have it for the event the next day. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But then if you carry it on, it's heavy. It's yeah. No, like yeah. a lot of those things are deliberately pretty light. And those I've got tripods, my pockets and the stuff. tripods. I'm not bringing a tripod. Well, I, buy, I, buy, <laughs> I have a compact tripod just to tape myself mm -hmm. at uh -huh. certain things, and that just throws me over the edge because it sticks out of my bag just a little bit. So I feel now like I pack it. Now you I could pack definitely um, pack that and what do you call it? Check it because like, let's just say that the tripod didn't make it in time. You could go to like any Best Buy in America and pick up a tripod. I want to say that's true. Yeah, or yeah. a Walmart. I don't know. That's like, just another stressful yeah. event. You it's have annoying to do. though. I, I don't want to have to schlep myself. Right. Because because then you're like, okay, do I call a cab? Do I have to Uber to whatever right. Best Buy is the closest? Well, I mean, in theory, it's going to make it. Like, you know, you're, you're, right. you're checking it. But, like, this is, like, in the well, one out of a hundred cases of an emergency. If I changed that plane, my stuff would have made it two days later, they said. Two oh, really? days? That's why I did wow. not change the plane. I said, I'm going to be home in two days. Just yeah. send it home. Right? God, that's annoying. That's crazy. Well, that was anyway, awesome. that, that was much longer of an icebreaker than we Not normally really had. It was about great. Sometimes I know. you touch I'm a nerve. I'm starting to think about what I have to pack when I head out to California in a week. <laughs> I love it. All right, so Karen, tell us about Spectre Bridge. Okay, Spectre Bridge. I am the CEO and owner, and I just opened it last year. And what it is basically, I tag myself as what I call the aha igniter. I ignite you into your aha moments. Sure. But basically my clientele I aim towards is um, executives, business owners, entrepreneurs, who are really looking to transform and to propel themselves into the ne next level of productivity and profitability. But my approach is a little different. Wait, how do I propel myself to the next I'm level? Of pro oh, okay, all right, I'm skipping the gun here. So, good <laughs> question, and I'm glad, see? It sounded you like the sort exactly of thing you were going to gloss over, do. like, you know. That's, you did exactly what I need to do. Right. You ask a question with my introduction. This so. is what I'm here for. Look, <laughs> <laughs> you passed my first litmus test. There we test. go. Thank you. <laughs> so basically what I do, I do it with what I call a business mindset. I'm not looking to t tell businesses how to do things, how to change their processes. There's so many great consultants and innovators out there that can do that, technology and everything. But often what I see gets stuck with businesses, they reach a point where their mind sticks them, literally. Their business mindset and how they're approaching things, methodologies. And I really tell them to look inwardly at their whys and really what they're doing in their business, what they're really truly passionate. Are they really going and igniting those visions and goals that they have. And um, I do it through coaching. I also speak about it on a leadership mastery approach. And I do workshops and webinars on it, depending on what the client's needs are. If they want to gear it towards a specific clientele, some clients have four managers. They're looking to create as leaders and not managers anymore. And that's a big part of the mindset approach with me. But do you want to be a leader or a manager? There, we need both in the world. But really, what are you looking to propel yourself as? And you have to really look at yourself inwardly and ask yourself a lot of hard questions to get there. So my goal is, I always say to everybody, if you're looking for perfection, do not hire me. Because <laughs> there's no perfect. If you meet the perfect person, I want to interview them and make a lot of money off of them. Yeah. But 
If you're looking for progression and transformation to continually adapt and grow, I think it would be a good fit to hire me and be with me. So I have, you struck a nerve with me and I'm so curious, the leader or manager, because there are some managers who like what they do. They don't necessarily want to be C-suite. Yeah. But there is the idea that you can be a leader within your... And you don't have to be C-suite. That's right. Within your management, you know, middle manager, whatever kind of manager you are, you can be a leader. Yes. Which is uh, something that I think people forget. I don't know if they forget it, what I determine when I do my assessments with people. I think people, I have a lot of clients that truly believe they are leaders, especially when they're running their own business, they're entrepreneurs, they're mid-level executives, because I go from every range. But when you ask them some key questions of what they're doing with their day and time managing it, mm. they step back, and this is what I say, I'm not gonna tell you how to get to that aha moment and it may not ha happen in the first session or even during my presentation and often I'll get an email after and say, I had a client recently that, oh no, no, I'm a thought processor, I envision, I'm a growth mindset, giving me all the terminology that every mm. leader would give. Okay, you are, you are, and I hung up the call and I said, just go back home tonight when you're laying in bed and you're thinking about your day because I know that's what you do. Think of these four questions. And when he literally called me two days later and he said, aha, I am managing more than I am leading. Hmm. Because we get- Do people we, literally say the aha? Do they call you and they go, aha, aha. Okay, I'll cheat a little. Maybe I <laughs> say aha. Uh -huh. right. <laughs> Maybe I say aha. I just uh -huh. thought that was like an awkward way to start up the phone. Like I'm gonna call Kate and be like, aha. <laughs> I'm sorry, no, go no, ahead. No. I will say to them when they call me, go now you're having your aha moment. That's fair. what I'm saying. Going, That's and totally then, And then they'll joke and go, aha. Aha. <laughs> aha. So, Oh, now I lost track of what I was thinking. So I'm sorry. Like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> so the guy calls you, he says, aha, I did so that So my whole thing is really discovering what fires you up every day. Yeah. And your passion. And listen, we all have to do things that we do in our jobs we don't like to do. It's part of what it is. But if you really want to be a true leader and you look at those best leaders out there, they have a very visionary approach to their life, both professionally and personally. And that's another thing I really hone in on with clients and I speak about is we often separate those professional and personal goals. Okay, this is where I want to be in my career. Women do it especially, and they do it terribly. And yeah. um, it's, it's getting better, it's mm -hmm. getting better. And that, I speak to a woman market specifically on this. And then personal, but if you don't co-mingle those and really try to hone in on what is going to give you that passion and that firing you, it's like a seesaw. You're going to be on the seesaw and it's not bouncing, or I even say the spokes of a wheel of a bike. Mm. One comes off, and then you're stuck. You don't know why you're not transitioning. What's not transitioning to me? Often clients will think it's all happening in their professional life. And when they really sit back and I assess them on what's going on in their personal life, and I'm not a therapist. I'm not going to sit and marriage counsel you or tell you what to do in your personal life. But just what you're looking for, the balance and the professional, uh, personal level that's when everything starts to match for them and they start seeing really what they want to become. Hmm. Got you thinking? Are you thinking I about am. your life right now? Well, yes, of course, <laughs> always. But um, I was listening to this podcast, um, I think it was a TED Talk, and they were talking about the three aspects of life. You know, you've got work, love, and play. And if all three of them, if you're paying attention to all three equally, then you're probably in, in good shape. It's the hardest thing to do. Right, and mm. she was talking about different presidents who have failed at paying attention to one. And she was referencing Lyndon Johnson, mm -hmm. who um, ended his, his career with huge amounts of money. 
huge status, no family. He died alone. Like, he, on his deathbed, basically was like, I really made a mistake. I can't believe I didn't spend enough time with my my kids and their kids. Nope, nobody visits me. Nobody has any interest in, in hanging out with me. Right. He had <laughs> so much, I know. And I mean, you know, his career was interesting. You know, I'm not, I'm not gonna say that he was a good man or a terrible man. He was, he was just a guy who's flawed like any other. Um, but he didn't focus at all on, on the love part. You know, he played a lot. He had a great life in terms of golf and travel. Right. And he worked hard. And success. Hugely successful. And that one, yeah. Because so he probably didn't define what his tr- true success level was right. at a personal and professional level. And I, I continually say it, and I also do, um, I speak to women also, and I call it self-love. Mm. I go the three selves, self-love, self-confidence, self-value. Especially, I can target it to men, and I do, but women especially resonate with it because we also often think as women that we are very confident. So people may say to you, Kate, you are so confident. Oh my gosh, you have it together. You have this podcast, you have this great job. You're out networking all the time. I wanna be you. And then you go home and you say, I'm resonating all this great self-confidence, but I'm really not happy where I am right now. What's right. really, where, what is pushing me? I'm not saying this is- I imagine like one of the two of us is gonna like burst out crying. <laughs> you know? Kate, I'm not saying this, I'm giving you this No, I know, I know. And what I try to say often to women is don't ignore that taking care of yourself component. Yeah. And when you gave that great that great uh, story right now, he ignored one component he of did. that self-love of what he wanted in his life in regard to uh, his personal life. Yeah. So I have this like four R approach to it. I call it, you have to rewire. That's rewiring your mindset. Mm-hmm. You have to regain what you're gonna do, like re- start regaining what's what's gonna push you to your next momentum. Mm-hmm. Then you have to rework it, and you have to come into me knowing you're gonna change something. Because if you come into me and say, everything is working for me right now, don't hire me. Right. Because I'm never gonna be able to rewire you if you think everything is working for you right now. But generally people come and see a coach, or come to a speech, or wanna hear a new way to lead, because they know they wanna transform and lead something. And then I call it the last thing, resilience. I build resilience in you so that when you start going into that self-doubt or that rewiring starting to go off or that one spoke's flying off the bike that one day, how you can build your resilience back to get right back on yeah. with a long-term approach in your life. So, hmm. and they're saying now, I actually just got off a call this morning with a proposal to go to a major technology summit of major high-level executives. And they did a survey on their summit last year and they said the one thing was last, lacking, all the processes were there, discussing the great innovative ways, the technologies, everything. But the one thing that was lacking, nobody was telling them how to mindset themselves as leaders. Wow. And that's when he caught me and he found my website and called me. And that is just, we're in a, we're in a rat race now. The technology's great. There's a lot of great things. There's a lot of great innovations. But are we really stepping back and looking at the connection between that human element and all those processes, those technologies, and that continuous rat race that people say they feel they live in? They're, they're results-driven, mm-hmm. but they're not really progressively actionable-driven objectives for long-term. Yeah, I was talking to somebody last week, um, I can't even remember who, oh, it was a banker. Um, and it occurred to us on that call that it has been 10 years since the, the Wall Street meltdown. Remember 2008, mm-hmm. 2009? I can't believe it's been 10 years. And I look at what the world was like before that happened. 
and what it is like now. And it is so interesting, the changes that occurred. I remember 2010 and 11, I noticed nobody was taking vacations in the summer anymore. Like everybody was freaked out. Or even taking their vacation time for a Vacation full year. period, right, exactly. Four weeks, like I got two weeks in. That's right, like right. it used to be that summertime would slow down. It's not like that anymore. Nope. It's starting now, 10 years later, it's starting to get that way a little bit, but I still see and I feel people, this, this tension, this like visible almost tension in people trying to like just make it work. Well, you know, in. you say that, and that's great, and it's starting to get recognized, because when I was out in San Francisco last fall at a conference, and it was the Salesforce Summit, it's huge. Mm. If you're in technology, it's the biggest thing. It takes over San Francisco in a week. It's amazing. Wow. Mm. And I went to smaller conferences out of that. And then I went to go visit my friend who lives out there right outside of um, some of the wineries. I just had a day off. I said, let's go off. Her husband works out there. He got transferred from here. So they had a whole different mindset going out to California. He works, he works for his job, major pharmaceutical tech company, but they give, and he's, she said it's very common out here. I don't know if they do it every year or every other year. Six weeks, you're out of the office. Wow. No, you cannot, you cannot communicate. You have to give all your, everything off for six Mandatory? weeks. Mandatory? Mandatory. And he goes and he takes it six weeks in the summer. In a row? Consecutively, in yeah. In a row. Every wow. other year he does it. And I mean, she said it's shutdown mode. He is not, they shut him off from all of his stuff professionally. They tell him not to call the office. It'll be managed. Is no it a emergencies. US company or is it a European um, company? Because that no. sounds very US European. It's a US, but it's very common out there. She said a lot of the Silicon Valley companies do this. You know, Maybe not in a six week increment, but they do believe that you need time off to what I call rewire and yeah. reset your mind. And he comes back so charged and rejuvenated and connected, because he's connected now on a personal level. Yeah. He's traveling with his family. He said, oh, one year I was just doing college visits all summer. <laughs> I went up and uh, across the country literally four <laughs> times. But it was better than being at work. But at least he goes, I got to be in a car and not be on my phone and talk to my kids and yeah. see what they wanted. And, and he said, I get that whole mindset thing you're saying, because you don't do it when you're in that grind every day. You don't. And you get lost in it. Yeah. And then my leadership capabilities diminish because I'm looking to get the results. Everybody wants the results, the, you know, the quarterly projections. Everybody's wanting, you know, why are we losing the clients? Why aren't we gaining more clients? Oh, this competitor's coming in. Yeah. We have to have the Amazon experience for all our clients and, you know, duplicate that. And he said, then we lose that vision out there. Yeah. And he said it's one of the best things his company could do for him. That's it's interesting. Amazing. Like, we program our kids from a very early age all the way up until we're like 25 to take like a pretty long break every summer right you know like you go through school you hit the do summer break do you really break. do that anymore i mean don't you take uh, like, i i thought i did but and i think i balanced it with my kids but probably a lot of people go to camps okay. that's a very regular you have working but it's people it's different from like the the day to day all right you're doing like school work yes. and you, uh, i mean like camp to me sounds like a lot more fun <laughs> You know, right. than like doing algebra all right. day. Right, but when you get to but, the high school level, I mean, I didn't do this with my kids. They were just going to fun camps and sport camps. Hmm. A lot of them go to like academic camps in the summer. Right. Really? runs a lot of them, American U. They go to leadership conferences. Everybody's trying to get that in for those college applications, you know, get those scholarship money. Yeah. It's getting a little crazy even for the kids. They feel that pressure. So but even still, it's it's different. Like, it's different from your day-to-day. -day. Yes. Like, you know, yes. you're, you're, you're going out, you're that. doing something, you're meeting new people. Right. We train ourselves to, like, have that kind of, like, okay, for about a month or two, we're going to do something different. 
And then like we hit like what twenty three, and then we're just like, no, we're gonna do fifty two weeks a year for the next fifty That's years, right. like whatever it is. Yeah, you know. So yeah, it's well, really bleak. I, you, know, you, you're, you guys are younger than me, but I can remember when I was young. Some of my best memories was being bored. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I say that in such a positive sense because I look at my children and I don't know if they understand what being bored is. Because even if they're home, and I don't know, do, do, do you have children like that? Uh, she's small. Yeah. Okay, she's yeah. small. So, yeah. oh, you got time. It's a girl. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> enjoy these moments. Yeah. I love the look. You can't see it if you're yeah, listening to this on iTunes. That. The look on her face just now was like such pity, like, oh, man. I see <laughs> boys, and yeah. God gave me the girl last for a reason. <laughs> yeah, she's great. She's phenomenal. Um, I'm very proud of her. She's but, 18 um, months, so, yeah, I got time. I have 17, 17 <laughs> years of age. But um, my point being, is they I watch my kids when they're in the house and they say oh I'm bored are you really bored they're always on a computer yeah. mm. they're looking something up they're always look my oldest son loves podcasts reading online listening to opinions watching political sh- shows my daughter snapchat Instagram I mean if sh- she'll sit by the TV and not even fully watch and engage the show with me mm-hmm. yeah so I wonder if they really true truly have that sense of boredom and that worries me when they go in to their professional lives eventually, because they're always on that go mode, that go yeah. mode, that go mode, and they're gonna burn. I, I, I worry about that. Like, mm. do they know how to step it down a little bit? I'm gonna be very curious to see how that younger generation comes out. I guess I'm gonna experience the, it with my children. Right, so. it's, it's almost like that third component, you know, work, love, and, and play. The play right. part has sort of diminished in our right. lives. I can remember being little and in the summertime. Catching fireflies. Well, yeah, but like, <laughs> so when we didn't, um, well, I grew up, you know, lower middle class. We didn't have a lot of money. And so my mom sent us to my grandmother's house. There wasn't a daycare. There wasn't, you know, because that was really expensive. And my grandma lived really close. And I can remember saying to my grandma, I'm so bored. And she'd be like, read a book. Like, you, you do not complain to me about you're bored. Go outside, find something to do, entertain yourself. This is life. Hmm. Calm yeah, down. I just, <laughs> I was really, like, I just was with a speaker. I do, um, uh, I do a class in speaking and just always trying to improve. And the speaker was up there and she was really good and she had a story, she was a little bit older than me, of remembering being with her grandparents every summer. She went uh-huh. up to a Pocono home, that's where her parents sent her. And she, what she thought was boredom was actually the most brilliant things that happened in her life. Yes! She watched honeysuckles like come yes. up. Yes! She can remember the sounds of everything around her. Uh-huh. She remembers just really connecting with her grandparents at yeah. such a, a level and understanding how they were brought up and how they were immigrated into the country. That's and right. Telling stories, listening telling to stories, them. Telling stories, yeah. Where has, like, we, we listen to it when we go to conferences and presentations, and I do this for a living, but where do we really, do we do this at a real personal level? We don't. All the time? I wonder that. Mm-hmm. I, there's always a good story to tell, and mm-hmm. I love hearing a story, but I look at my children and I say, are they really great storytellers? Like, what are they going to tell their story about? Oh man, that time because the power went out. And my my right. the juice. I lost all the the juice, and I had to charge my 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 phone in right. my car. I had to turn it on, and I wasted all this gas. <laughs> I wasn't invited to this event. Did you see on Instagram? They're all there, and mm-hmm. I'm not. <laughs> I don't know. It's I guess true. it's interesting. Like so. I I kind of started abandoning my phone while I was home because like I noticed like you say like you're always going even though you're like on the phone. I was kind of finding that I was bored on the phone because like you know. 
the entire knowledge base of the human race is accessible through this phone, and I'm visiting the same like eight, nine websites right. over and over Watching again. Watching cat videos. Yeah, and I'm just like, <laughs> what right? am I really I mean, getting I, out of this? You know? And, yeah. You know, even with the kid, like, I don't want her, like, seeing me on it all the time, but right. yeah, like... So probably, um, what, by the time she's five, she'll have a phone? No, just joking. Oh, my God. I mean, Everything I is remember. a phone to her. She'll pick up this, and she'll be like, Hello? My son was freshman year, <laughs> my second one was seventh grade, and my daughter was fifth, sixth. It just kept... Getting younger getting and younger. Getting younger and younger and younger. It's mm. crazy. She carries it around, like she'll take one of ours and she'll carry it around talking to people. Like if somebody calls, forget it, it's not for us. Like she has to take it, so. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how to stop it at this point. I mean, and if you think about it, everything you can do is on the phone. I read mm. on the phone now, mm -hmm. I have the Kindle on the phone. I, don't, I rarely buy a book, but that is not even good for me. Because what do I do if, when I'm at the airport? I open the phone and I start reading them, bleep, bleep, things start coming through and I distract myself from the story or whatever I'm reading about. And I lose that whole creativity, yeah. uh, critical thinking process I might be in for my job at the moment. And that is a big thing I coach, where are your distractions in your day? Yeah. That's why I picked you up the independent when we candle. had that speaker yeah. at the yes. last event. She honed in on every distraction and how she became average at everything. Yeah. And that really ruminated with me, me because too. I believe you don't have to be an expert at everything, but I believe you really want to have a passion for something and really drive towards mm -hmm. it and improve it. And she literally said her list was she was average to everybody, mm -hmm. and she just no was terrible. Not she said, "I'm a terrible mom. I'm a terrible friend. Yes. Oh I'm a gosh. terrible sister." I was trying to be nice. <laughs> no, she was really well, she was really hard on herself. Right. I think you and I would have right. thought that you know this is how she I am. Was. She's probably right. average, right. but she was really hard on herself. She totally inspired me. Yes. Um, one of the things that I felt distracted by is that that notification, that noise, and the icon that pops up when another email comes in. Yes. I listened to her talk and I came back to work. And she went back to it and she kept distracting herself. That's right. And then she wasn't productive in her day. That's right. I turned right. it off. I was like, no more noise, no more icon. I'm going to focus on a task. And when I finish that task, then I will check for more email. If anything is truly an emergency, someone will call me. So one coaching tip I give to a lot of my clients is, and whether you're just not, you don't have to be a leader, a manager, you could just be starting your new job. I say this to my children. You should be taking 15 minutes a day and put a block time like she talked about in your day, even during your work day. And if somebody's not supporting this in your day, question that then. Mm -hmm. And do one thing that you want to learn in that day. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's a new technology, something new, a software program. Maybe you want to learn, you're going to be presenting in two weeks, you want to learn how what not to do on stage, and you're going to read an sure. article about that. Whatever it is. 15 minutes a day, five days a week, give yourself. How much time is that, really? Nothing. One it's hour, an hour 15 and 15, minutes. yeah. Okay, we're probably spending 15 hours looking at our phones. Mm -hmm. And turn off all your phones, all your devices, everything. Don't look at Instagram or anything. Figure out what it's going to be. Pull up the website if you're going to read something, and that's the only thing you're going to hone in on. And just do it. Mm -hmm. I also found that the distractions, when I went out to the conference in September, I went in, it was a networking event. The first hour is pure networking and getting to know everybody. I walked into the breakfast room, and this is when it really resonated with me. And the age group was, you had a lot of Silicon Valley there, probably 30 to 45, really high-tech, brilliant people. Like, I cannot even think like them. They process so fast. Everybody was sitting at the tables. No one was talking. Everybody was on their phone, mm. on their computers. No one. And I went to the busiest table and I drew up a chair and I threw my business card out and I said hey everybody throw a business card out and give me your one selling statement why I would hire you today at this conference and they 
they all started laughing. They're like, this is great. <laughs> and they all closed everything down and everybody had a great hour discussion and networking. Yeah. And an individual came up to me afterwards and said, wow, is this what networking is really about? I said, yeah. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> I'm from New York. It's probably not checking your email. Yeah. <laughs> That's a very minimal. But, yeah. yeah, so I just think we're losing a lot of that perspective now, and that's yeah. where a lot of leaders are realizing that they're not getting back into that mindset to get them to really truly be thought progression leaders that they want to be. Mm-hmm. All right, I think we're going to take a break. We're going to pause for a minute. Great. And then we'll be back with Awful or Awesome. Cool. And we're back. And it is now time to play my favorite game, Awful or Awesome. I'm going to name three things uh, in quick succession, and we each have to decide whether they are awful or awesome and be prepared to defend your answers. Are you ready? Wow. That was kind of aggressive to me. What? Show us a thumbs up. <laughs> All I saw was a fist coming out. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Right. Punched by kindness. Punched by positivity. Get the alliteration. See, it's working. Yeah. Positive mindset. Yes. Right? You go, baby. Love it. <laughs> All right. So first up is airport security. So we talked ever so slightly about this in the last half or, yeah, in the first half. Um, mm. Overpacking, underpacking you know, shipping our toiletries and all that, but airport security, awful or awesome? Awful-ish. Yeah. Like, all right, so we need it. Right, you know, obviously. Necessary evil, let's say, but it could be, there's a lot of room for improvement there. Mm, yeah. yeah, I always feel like cattle. I always feel like just part of the cattle getting mm. pushed through and moved to the next place and, yeah, shoes off, belt off. Oh, God, it's a nightmare. I recently upgraded to the TSA pre-check. I just did too. My oh first trip out in that. It was amazing. It was easy process. So easy. People so think it's such a difficult process. It's but not. I had it in literally 24 hours. They emailed me my number. Yeah, me too. It was unbelievable. What? Yeah. So I was going to ask, like, what's involved in the TSA pre-check? You have to fill out an online application, mm -hmm. and then you have to go and basically be fingerprinted. Ask they ask you a couple a lot of questions. Lot of local places to do it. Yes, there's a huge amount of local places that do it. Mm. It costs eighty five dollars, but um, five years or three. It's years? good for five years. Yes. Yeah, and I just got um, shout out to United Airlines. I just got a United Chase card, so it what they didn't charge me at all. Like it was just refunded automatically. Mm. I think you just put the number every time you do your yeah. boarding pass, you just there's a place there and it's on your pass and they just say, Go to that special nice line. Right. So then you the get angels are singing to you. Go. You, you're always in like group <laughs> two, you get to get on right. first. Um, it's it's lovely. And you get the special TSA pre-check line where you don't have to take off right. your shoes or your belt, uh, which I didn't know. Like I went, my first trip was to Florida under this new TSA pre-check. And I, you know, here I am taking off my belt, taking off my <laughs> shoes. And the people around me are not. And I'm like, wait a second. Uh, you, so the line is shorter and you don't have to take everything off? How much off? time do you think it cut off your trip? Oh my God, half an hour? Half okay, an hour. I'm gonna budget mm. that when I go. Cause yeah. this is gonna be my first experience. It was amazing. Amazing. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. The last time, not the last time, one of the last times that I went to Florida, I was with my mom and my brother. And my mom somehow got pulled aside as like, you're not a security threat. And they like led her through. And my brother and I are standing there like, we're with her. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait. We'll, we'll put that aside. What is it about her that makes her right. not a security threat? But we're like dangerous people, you know. Like, and how do you just like arbitrarily decide that, you know? Like, but that's my question. Yeah. Like, if I have to say awful, what I don't like, where I don't understand, I don't know if you've ever experienced this. 
I could be at one airport and it's like flying through TSA right? and they're not even asking me to take off anything. They're like, they're not even asking me to go through anything. They're just opening my bag, asking me for my toilet and then through. And then other airports, it's like practically strip and yeah. get through. And I don't understand why there's such differentiation between it all. Yeah, I don't If anybody has an answer, I'd like to know because I'm at major airports. Like I'm not saying this is a small airport, this is a big airport. And where do you differentiate where anything's gonna happen? Right. I mean, because is this a safer city and this is not? We're coming out of a major metropolitan hub here. Yep. And I go into, like, L.A. was very easy last time I went. I literally just went right through it. Everybody told me it was going to be a nightmare. And then Newark was difficult. But then Newark was easy the second time around. And Philly was difficult. So I, wonder, I don't understand. I wonder yeah. if it's just when who you you're go. hitting that day or when you're flying or. I think it must be when. Like, airports are busier at certain times of days mm. of the week and different times of days different mm. times of the day and maybe you just hit it in the right time slot you I might be know. right and it kind of makes you wonder if like cutting the corners is good for you or not but like, right I, I started booking mid-afternoon flights and that meant that i was missing all the commuters yes like, i would get there at like 10 o'clock 11 o'clock in the morning all of the commuters were gone yep easy peasy no problem at all um Whereas it used to be like when I would book a 9 a.m. flight just so that I could get there sooner, right. it would be a nightmare. It would just be lines and lines of people. Or fly at 7 in the morning. Like if you're going to the Caribbean right. or something, nobody's at the airport yet. Yep. I you also can fly, love you the... You get right into parking, go, and nobody's around. Everybody's tired. Everything's quiet. Same with the red eye. I love yes. the red eye. I have not done a red eye. I considered that mm -hmm. when I went out to California and when I'm going in a couple weeks, but I don't think I'm going to survive that. It's not bad. I've only ever done it on like an overseas Ireland okay. and Japan, I did it, and it was great both times. The service was great. It was quiet. It was easy to get through yeah, security. I did that when I used to travel. I went to Belgium that way. And it was funny. My uh, VP says, we get on the plane. He's like, we're in business class. My first time ever flying, I was young. I'm like, oh, my gosh, we get chocolates. Like, I'm, loving, I'm washing my hands. The stores are, like, so nice to me. Right? Like, I'm special. They know my name. Hmm. And he traveled all the time. And he literally said, uh, don't talk to me. I know when we get off this plane at 7 a.m. Belgium time, we are in meetings. Like basically <gasps> the warning was don't spend all night up watching movies and doing whatever you want to do. Sleep. sleep. And he to. literally was out. He passed on everything. He said that's how he flies. Yeah. I couldn't do it though. It was very, I struggled when mm. I got there, but <sighs> it was just so much fun being in business <laughs> class. <laughs> I was like, wait, do I get more of those Belgium chocolates? Thank you. <laughs> and I was traveling with a friend that never traveled like this, and we were maybe 24, 25. Sure. Like, this is living the high life. This is our goal. I know, right? <laughs> the word important going to this meeting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I like it. All right, so I think we're all basically awful-ish, but mostly awesome. Like, we're sure. glad that it exists, but it could yes. be better. Room for improvement. Sure. All right, uh, Jersey Shore, the television channel. I know you love the Jersey Shore. I own house down the Jersey Shore. I lived and breathed down the Jersey Shore. My parents owned a house for years. I know the coast from about Asbury down to Long Beach Island and then the more southern part. I know it, but I'm not great at it because mm -hmm. I have never really stayed there. Okay, but the, the television okay. show, Jersey so, Shore. I'm a little guilty. I do enjoy the show. <laughs> now, what I don't enjoy about the show, I do enjoy the show, but I don't think it it shows authentically what the Jersey Shore is all about. Right. Mm. It's one portion of the Jersey Shore, and it's their lives down there. And I think, if I'm correct, not all of them are from Jersey. No. That so is true. Most of them are from I New York. Yeah. But That's true. I find it when I travel anywhere outside the eastern region, 
people hear my accent. Well, I, they claim I have an accent. I don't know where it yeah. is. <laughs> and they're like, are you from the New York, New York City, Jersey area? I go, yes, I'm from Jersey. Oh my gosh, Snooki. And they just, <laughs> it's like they think everything in Jersey represents yeah, that show. I know. So that irritates me to some ability to say, no, I, my home is not there. I live on this little thing called Long Beach Island, mm -hmm. and uh, it's a whole different way of life down there. And yes, we do have boardwalks, but that's not the only boardwalk we have. And there's a boardwalk, and then there's boardwalk. Right. Uh, well, that's what I left. So when I was out in California, I was staying in Santa Monica on business. Oh, nice. And I was out talking, people were just so intrigued with my accent. They wanted to know where I was from. <laughs> that starts the conversation. I do not have an accent, everyone. People are like asking you to say, sir, we're like, say I'm tree a speaker. again. Do it. I am not supposed to have an accent. Now I embrace it. Now I, when I go out to conferences yes. out there, I say, I speak fast. I'm from Jersey. Welcome. Yeah. But like oh we have a great board we'll go out to the pier in Santa Monica and it is beautiful and it is fun to go now we kick butt at boardwalks in Jersey yeah you can go up and down that Jersey coast and find three or four decent boardwalks mm. and even though we got wiped out unfortunately it was Sandy yeah we stronger rebuilt. than the storm we, we rebuilt, rebuilt. Yeah. We rebuilt. <laughs> everybody rebuilt and yeah. there's nothing like the boardwalk at the Jersey Shore Nothing like the smell of those foods. Yeah, the fried sugar and hearing the, ice the little cream. dings of the game, the rides, yeah. the blinking of the lights at night, and you know my kids always enjoyed it. I can remember, and they don't have it anymore. Going down to Asbury when I was yeah. a child. Every Easter, we didn't do Easter traditionally. We'd go down to As, go to Mass. My mother's like, I'm not doing anything. We're not with any family this time. We're going down to Asbury, and I go in that indoor carousel they used to have then. Uh huh. And Wonder Bar, I remember. Wonder Bar, yep. And it was big back then. They had rides yeah. and everything. And Stone Pony's still there, though. Yeah, it is. And Asbury's really come back. Oh, it's I'm, that's where I'm going they from had, my conference. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, they had a couple bad years, but they have come back strong. Yeah. It's a beautiful It's town. a whole new area. Mm -hmm. And my um, kids have friends that go to Monmouth University. Mm -hmm. That's where they go hang out and go out. It's a very uh, transient now bars and restaurants and nice. Yeah. That's awesome. I I'm imagining Tilly the Clown, remember? Oh, <laughs> yeah, yes. I was, trying to, I was just now trying to think of his name, Tilly. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was laughing because there was a band there a few weeks ago. Um, she was Stevie Nicks or Fleetwood Mac. And mm -hmm. last minute I said, oh, let's just go down there. This would be fun, but we didn't end up doing it. I go, oh, my gosh, it's at the Wonder Bar. That Isn't Wonder that Bar, is, the clown face is still sitting on that Wonder Bar. Just, yeah. you can't get those iconic things in other places. You go down to Wildwood, it's still that old... Hotels, you ever stay in Wildwood? Yeah. It's yeah. like you're down in retro oh 1960. <laughs> Nobody's changing anything. No. And when you bring your children, when you bring your daughter someday, she'll be like, what is this? And they each have a different theme. There's all like a Wild themes. West motel and there's a Sea Breeze motel. They're all different themes. And Kate so funny. just has a different feel when yeah. you go there and you walk around. I mean, I'm on off Long Beach Island and even the little towns there all have their different feel mm -hmm. to it. Seaside has its own feel, Point Pleasant. Mm -hmm. it's Spring true. Lake. It's just. There's nothing like the Jersey Shore. I but speaking of Seaside, Snooky. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so what it, you said you kind of liked the show. Tell us what you uh, liked about it. What drew you to it? Okay, I've actually, have you followed the adult version of the show where they're actually adults and have children and so, wives? Yeah, they just filmed. Uh, yeah, no. um, I, superficially, I didn't watch it, but. Okay, um, well, I guilt-ridden taped and watched it. Uh, that's my just downtime of an hour. That's awesome. Well, my daughter started watching it again. Sure. And then I snuck in and guilty just watched it with her. But I really like how I know they transitioned into adults and just how, but still they go back to their kid ways when they go mm. and do these houses. The houses are a lot nicer. Of I think they only stayed in the rental one 
one night out of this whole thing. They went to Las Vegas, they went to Atlantic City, they rented, I think, a marble, mar not even by the beach, because literally they went to the house, like, mm. where's the beach? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I was gonna say, not for Wholesome lack of maybe. money either, because the, the house that they stayed in, I wanna say, in the original show, if you were gonna rent still that there. now, it is yeah. expensive. One of my friends wanted to rent that, and like, it was a lot of money. Really? It's still yeah. there, yeah. yeah. Well, because now, like, the notoriety with the show, you know, like, yeah. you want to be in the place where Snooki did whatever, you know, like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's an hour of downtime for me in my mind. That's what I call it. Is it an hour-long show? I don't know. I think it is, yeah. I think it wow. is an hour. Well, maybe not with all the commercials uh, that they put on it and everything. That would make sense. Most so, reality it's shows. I mean, they all have interesting lives now. I mean, one of them's going to jail. I mean, unfortunately, Mike. Really? Yeah, Which tax, one's going to jail? Tax evasion. Uh, Mike. It's oh. not what I he's thought it Long would be. Branch. I, I don't think he's in jail yet, though, because mm. he's still on things. I don't know what's going on with that, but I know he was found guilty. I did read that. Wow. And so he's having another baby. Uh. I think one of them's divorcing. I'm not sure which one. Yeah, Ronnie. Uh, Ronnie's having so that's Ronnie the funny thing. just like, has not changed phone, a bit. My phone, you know, like, uh, I go into Google, and it presents all these stories right. for me that it, like, it thinks I want to read. And I have to be really careful with the Jersey Shore ones, because, like, you know, they'll say something like, oh, Ronnie... Ortiz Magro going right. to jail, and I'll, I'll want to click it because I'm like, all right, so what's <laughs> up with that? But I know that if I do it, Google's going to be like, oh, yeah. let me introduce the floodgate right. of like, here's what's going on with JWoww, and here's right. what's going on with Snooki. So JWoww, like, that's the one I go. couldn't think of the name. Mm. I couldn't think of her name, JWoww. Yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. Well, Paul is a DJ. Yeah. He DJs down in Atlantic City and Vegas. I've had friends that have seen him, seen him at events. Oh, my goodness. He's got to be the one that's come out of this with, like, the best um, setup for a career. Because if you think about it, like, for that audience, you know, he's now, like, the go-to DJ, let's right. say. And what's interesting with him, so they, I guess they took a few years off and transitioned in their adulthood. Some of them had off shows, I think. I didn't watch them. Well, Mike was on a bunch of cooking Jay shows. Yeah. Yeah. Mike was on cooking shows. So they when they come back, they're showing um, Paulie. He's talking about how um, he has a child and he's not married, and he's he's talking to Ronnie how he's managing it. Like, where did I miss that? He had a child. <laughs> he, did he marry? Did he get divorced? Where have I been? All I know is that you DJ around the world. <laughs> like, it was interesting to hear where they've all landed. How some have moved along and some not. But yeah. it's an iconic thing, I guess, with Jersey now. That's you know, unfortunately, it's what everybody thinks the Jersey Shore is about. They'll always say, are you in Seaside when I say I have a church now? Right. Mm -hmm. and nothing wrong with Seaside. I have friends that have home, beautiful homes in Seaside, and they're gorgeous, but they just think and that's, that's what Jersey's all about. Right. So that's why I would come down on Awful, because I feel like for people who live in Wyoming, if they yes. catch an episode of Jersey Shore, they're going to be like, wow, I don't ever need to visit New Jersey. Right. Like, that's just not something that I need to do. What were you going to say? I was going to say, like, I feel like it's not just Jersey Shore that does that, though. Like, no. every movie or TV show I've ever seen that was based out of New Jersey yes. presents us in some kind of a negative mob, way. We're mob, either the mob yeah, yeah. or we're like Jersey Why Shore. Why we present it is we yeah. have one of the top four counties of riches beautiful, you know, Somerset County. Why doesn't anybody present us like that? Somebody yeah. needs to make a show <laughs> positivity of New yes. Jersey, yeah. Um, what about all Clerks? Great Clerks? Clerks was not a super positive movie, <laughs> No, you're right, but it wasn't necessarily one of those two... So for those of you who haven't seen Clerks, two um, drug dealers, you know, sit outside oh, of a convenience store and about harass everybody that comes in and out, well. while the people who work there harass everyone who comes in and out. Sopranos doesn't show, right. but there's a lot of famous good people that have come out of Jersey mm -hmm. and have had a lot of success. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For a little state, we have a lot going on. It's true. 
It's absolutely true. We have true. a lot, and uh, like through the years, it's just not recently. No. Like you go wait, go the, you know Frank Sinatra, all that. Ray Liotta, Whitney Houston, yeah. Dionne mm -hmm. Warwick. I think Halsey came out of yeah. it. She's a new singer. Mm -hmm. Where did Lady Gaga? Is she from Jersey? She I think, is. I, I think say. she is. Yes. Yeah. yeah. If it's not New Jersey, well. it's the Philadelphia area, but I do want to say New Jersey. Right. Yeah. That, that sounds right to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so there's a lot. For a small state, we have we pack it with a punch. We I do. Say. Hmm. We absolutely We have a lot do. going on. Where can yeah. you be in the country where you're an hour in the mountains, mm -hmm. an hour at the beach, an hour at another major city, Philadelphia? I'm telling you, it's the reason and why I live three major here. airports around yes. you. Yes. And you're at the financial center of the world mm -hmm. in New York City. Mm -hmm. And you're one of the biggest cities in the world. Just a hop, skip, and a jump with a train ride wherever you are in Jersey. I moved to New Jersey on a whim when I was 20 years old, I think. And uh, I stayed because I could not believe how much was in such close proximity. I could so not I'm believe curious, it. Why did you pick Jersey? Yeah, I was going to say Dart on the map. What's up, Jersey? <laughs> I was in college. My parents said that they would pay for the first three years of college and that I had to figure out a way to, to cover the fourth year. And so midway through my third year, I started to think, like, what am I going to do for money next year? I need to figure this out. And for some reason that I can't remember, student loans were not, they, they wouldn't work. Um, so I had just met this girl who'd been a nanny in New York City for a year. And I was like, well, I've been babysitting since I'm 12 years old. I could do that. I could absolutely oh, do that. You probably made a killing nanny. And I did okay. Right. I did okay. Yeah. I found a living gig um, with a couple in Maplewood. And Maplewood is a beautiful little downtown. And I loved it. Yeah. I loved New Jersey. I loved being able to go into the city whenever I wanted. I'm proud to say I'm born and bred in New Jersey, and I will never deny that. That's Despite yeah, the... There's no... No Sometimes reason the reputation to deny. we get because they look at the Sopranos and Jersey Shore. <laughs> I mean, it's a beautiful state. There's beautiful features, and I love that you can drive in an hour and see something completely different. Mm -hmm. You can get into the city, you can go to the beach. Like I said, you can go to the Poconos, you can mm -hmm. go to Philadelphia. It's, it's true. Upstate New York, yeah. Boston. And there's a lot of business here and oh, enterprise God. and people. And, you know, they say Silicon Valley was the hot thing. All those companies are now moving into the New York City area. Mm -hmm. And I think you're going to see a regeneration of technology coming this way, and mm -hmm. it's going to become just as big as our financial markets and I pharmaceuticals. We're the pharmaceutical hub, too. Yep. I think That's what right. everybody's saying. You're from Jersey. Oh, do you just your husband or your wife or somebody work for a pharmaceutical company? Especially if you live in central mm -hmm. Jersey because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. you're surrounded by them. It's true. All right, last one, fashionable lateness. You know, when somebody is a little bit late and they're just like, oh, you know, no big deal. I guess it depends on what it is. You know, like, what are you being fashionably late for? Like, if it's a meeting at work, then, you know, that's... Can't. You can't. Like, no. But, like, if you're hosting a party or something and somebody comes, like, 20, 30 minutes late, you know, I'm... No, eh. I'm thinking, like, coffee with a friend. So if you're, uh, like, at Starbucks waiting for your friend to show up and she's, like, yeah, 10, 15, no, I'm like, no. Yeah. Mm -mm. Like, if it's a big gathering of people, then you almost want to miss, like, the first yeah, 20 minutes or so totally. where people are, right. like, awkwardly getting there and whatever. And, you know, it's one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. But, yeah, if it's one-on-one, -on -one, then, yeah, you got to be on time. Totally. Yeah. I agree. You? Awful. Yeah. My thing with um, being late. And now with the technology and everything we oh, have now. Oh, yes. It's so easy just to text, I'm running late. Because that gives me a heads up, especially if I'm meeting somebody. Yep. Oh, I got a few more minutes. I'll stop in a store before I go into Starbucks. Mm. Or I don't have to run down to that meeting right away and I can grab that last phone call. Answer that last email. I just feel like, why is your time so much more important than my time? Yeah. 
That is just my philosophy. So yes, we we become late. We have kids. I have kids. Yeah. Kids will make you late. Yeah. Um, your jobs. You might not get the train on time. It's the events happen in life. Let's face it. But with the technology we have now, just throw a casual so text out and say, "Hey, I'm running late because of this," or "I'm sorry, I'm running late." You don't even have to give me an excuse. I'm running late. You know, man. Just I'm a heads late. up. Just a heads up. And then I know how I can dictate those 15 minutes, half hour time that instead of me waiting there awkwardly for you wherever mm -hmm. I am. That's just my philosophy. Totally agree. I'm generally late because I'm lost. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm texting you. I'm lost. This this has brought me to a place I don't want to be. <laughs> Yeah. Or an event happens, or you just there's something uncontrollable going on at the moment. Right. So. But just heads up. Just a heads up. It's so easy. So, it's so, so and I have I have friends who are always late. Mm. They are late for everything. I just don't even know how they function, and they're like late for everybody. You can't even take it personally and let your ego keep your ego in check with it. They're just late people. But I've learned to manage them. I always put them up 15, 20 yeah. minutes ahead. What they're like, well, why is that party starting at quarter to eight? Right. Mm. <laughs> right. It kills me how when they show up, they're just not even troubled by it, too. No. It no. is amazing to me that they have... But they get troubled if you're late for them sometimes. Right. <laughs> I, I, I don't like the double standard. Right. Anymore. I had a friend who got upset if we uh, would tell him the wrong time. <laughs> he would get upset about that. But I once had a friend who was in my living room on his phone saying to someone, yeah, no, 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 I'm parking right now. I'll be there in like 10 minutes. Right. I'm just parking. And I'm like, you liar. You can't, like, what are you doing? Right. You're in my living room. You can't lie to people like that. That's crazy. I, I, Have you lied to me like that? He, and he was like, yeah. And if you're going to be late, just be honest about yeah, it. Yeah, just be honest. Just be honest, and I'll let it go. It's oh. when you start creating the story, yeah. then I'm going to find interest in the story and try to catch the story a little bit. Totally. Just be honest while you're late or exactly. what's going on. You know, I love the friend or a business associate or a client who just says to me, okay, we have a call at two. Right. Because especially in my business, I schedule calls. So if you're going to pay for an hour with me, mm -hmm. I want you to get your full hour. But I try not to schedule back, back to back and give the 15-minute momentum in between because I need to reset yeah. myself. But sometimes it doesn't work that way because the client needs their time and I'm working for the client. And they're like, well, I need my last 15 minutes. I always give it to them in another way, another session. But they don't understand that this is a business, yeah. you know, and mm -hmm. I have to set the boundaries to that. So that's why I have a little issue with lateness. Yeah, I'm with you. I think it's awful. All right, I think that's the game. That's the game. So, Great. Yeah, Karen, um, if you could give one piece of advice to your younger self, what would it be? Okay, so this is interesting that you asked this because in one of my presentations, I have people step back in the audience and go, go back 10, 15 years ago. And what would you say to yourself now? And what worked and didn't? So I would say my biggest thing would be that I tell everybody, live fiercely and don't worry about failure. I think when I was Did younger- Did you say furiously enough, or fearlessly? Oh, I say furiously, sorry. sorry no. <laughs> live furiously. Fearlessly. No, I've got the headphones on, so yeah. Okay, <laughs> cut that. <laughs> fearlessly. Okay. And don't worry about the failure that might come with that. Because I, when I look back at my younger age, I was, I think I was very motivated to succeed and I had my goals and my visions. But I didn't do it, I did it conservatively. Like what was right, following the norm, the yeah. outward, what everybody else was doing. Mm. I was working, one of my first jobs was working down on Wall Street and I was uh, just following that norm, going on and off, you know, every day. And 
I can even remember looking back and saying, is this really what I want? Is this really, oh, maybe I should take that job. Maybe I should go for that promotion. Oh, but this is secure and it pays for my apartment and mm. I have my nice little social life in the city now and this is working for me. And I just say, go for it, go for it. And you're gonna fail. Yeah. Things are going to happen. I tell all my clients, you can be the highest leader up there. They all have the best failure stories, how they got there. And they continually have failure stories. They learn and grow. Hmm. And that's what I would say the younger me I wish. I was afraid of failure and I was afraid, I was afraid. Mm -hmm. I was afraid, plain and simple. Not afraid of everything, but I was afraid of a lot. <laughs> I definitely think that that will resonate with a lot of women in particular, because I think that women in particular are driven by fear. Our decisions are made based on, on fear a lot of the time. And then that leads to self-doubt. That's right. And then we create these this constant weird thought process in our mind, which is that mindset I talk yes. about. And then we don't empower ourselves to an action. Mm -hmm. Men will, um, and Vinny, you can say if you're like this or not. I would like <laughs> right. to hear your opinion. I would love Let's to do Here we go. Let's put me on the spot. Okay. Go ahead. I find <laughs> when I work with male clients is what I call they have a really great ego. And they sometimes don't know how to keep it in check, but most of the time they do. And they do it without fear and without failure. They'll accept the consequence of the failure and move on. Mm -hmm. They believe action changes things. And if they get in that mode of action changes things, they have less complacency in their life. Women will step back and overanalyze it. Yeah. And I, we, what we go into what I call analysis paralysis. Yes. What if I did this? What if I interviewed differently? What if I, um, why are my friends including me in that, that event that I'm seeing up on Instagram? And we overanalyze and then we put ourselves, oh, I don't wanna fail, and we step back into our comfort zones. Men, I think, will get out of their comfort zones a little bit quicker. The, Do you um, agree or disagree? I don't know, I mean, I, I feel like yeah, there are differences between men and women, but we're not immune to fear and we're not immune to like but will you take insecurity. The I'd like to say yes. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I think when it comes to interviewing for a job, a man would look at a job description and say, mm, I hit like 75% of this. I'm going for it. <gasps> oh my gosh, I cannot believe you just said this. Right? And women will Wait. look at it and be like, oh God, I'm I only at 75%. I can't possibly. Okay, I have a story this. and a statistic for you. Okay. Last fall, fall, I read this statistic. This will hit right on the difference between a male, a male mm -hmm. and female interviewing. So the statistic said the woman will not interview for the job or go for the promotion unless she feels she's 80 to 90% qualified with the skill right. set. Right. A male will go for the same job. 40 to 50% qualified. No way, 40 to 50%. So, I let that resonate with me. I put it in the back of my book. I write down little jots of things to keep me going. I let it go. I had a client who I coach, and he was looking to hire a new position. Long story short, that we had coached through all that to get him to that place. He puts the position out. He goes, okay, I have a very technical aspect to it. Nothing gender specific, so let me just say that. Nothing gender specific at all. And he wanted that technical aspect to be about 50% of the job, and then the leadership and the decision-making concisiveness to be the other 50, because that's where he was lacking. He calls me two weeks later. He says, you have five minutes? Can, you know, I'm really bewildered. I need help here. Did I, would you, would you do something wrong on the job description? What do we do? So what's going on? He says, I have over 90% of what's applying are men. I'm doing phone interviews, like you said. They are only 30 to 40% qualified for the skill set, the technical aspect, but boy, are they nailing it, why I should hire them and how they're gonna add value. I only had two women apply for the position. The first woman came in and said in an email, oh, I, I, I'm gonna decline on this phone call because I don't think I have that technical aspect you're looking for. 
The second woman came in, she interviewed, he said she nailed everything. She had the technical, she had the leadership, the decisiveness, everything I was looking for to build efficiency in my organization. I literally hung up the phone, Karen, gathered everybody who needed a second interviewer and said, we're doing this, we're gonna lose her, called her back, and she declined the interview because she felt she didn't have the skill set. So he calls me, what do I do? I said, okay, one of two things are happening here. She doesn't want the job and she's just <laughs> being nice. Right. And that's her nice way of doing it. Or two, she is doing, and I gave him the statistic. She's falling under the statistic. So I recoached him on how to formulate his discussion with her. Needless to say, he hired her. She's built efficiencies beyond belief. She put a whole new system in and he's had 30% reduction of his time now to go out and lead generate, which has built 20% profitability in his business because of hiring her. Wow. And if he didn't make that phone call and convince her, because this is what I go down to, she had the confidence in that interview, but she had that self-doubt and that self-love lacked in her. Yeah. And he just honed him back. I just gave him a few techniques to bring it back to her and convinced her to come back in for the interviews. And she's kicking butt in that job right now. That's amazing. So. I, it makes I, it's so inspiring, but it makes me so sad at the same time that we have come no, so far. No, we're getting there. Don't be sad. We're getting there. Yeah, we are. Well, why do you think it is that women don't think that they can grow? Like you know, because it doesn't. I don't know. Maybe it's maybe because I am a guy and I have that different perspective. But like, I've always kind of known that you don't have to like. You can kind of. What's the best word way to say this? Like, you can grow into something yeah. and you can learn. Like. And we're taught that you can grow into things more. Adaptability. Yeah. You are So taught. what is it, because like we all sit in the same classrooms and we all listen to the same right. lectures. What is it about women that you're being told know. something different? I don't know. And I don't, how do we fix that? Yeah, well, <laughs> we absolutely need to fix it. And I don't know what it is that, that women are told differently, but we are. I go through, and I'm, I could speak for, on it for an hour, which I am this weekend, <laughs> but I go through... Um, Four trigger points with women I find that when I look at the self-love and self-confidence and try to combine it, one is keeping the ego in check. And what I say with the ego, we we don't super ego ourselves. Mm. We don't sell ourselves enough as women. And it definitely comes out in negotiation processes, yep. setting boundaries. We have a really difficult time setting boundaries, yeah. saying no to people. Because we're people pleasers by nature. We're multitaskers, we're change makers. But are we doing that with depriving ourselves of our own self-worth, our self-love, and taking care of ourselves? And then if you don't nurture yourself and take care of yourself, how are you going to outwardly project that anywhere else? And also, we, we fear fear, mm -hmm. and we like our comfort zones, mm -hmm. and that's a big boundary, which happens with men too. I definitely do see it, but I think men are very quicker, like you said, to adapt and get out of it. Like once they switch the mindset, okay, I'm going to do it, like, and I'm, I'm going to be decisive doing it. We tend to dwell on it a little bit more. And it's really having self-affirmations with ourselves. Instead of going into that interview, so I can go on stage before every presentation. I get nervous. Come on, it's just what it is. And I can look at my mirror on myself in the morning and say, oh gosh, what if I lose my place? What if I forget my point? What if somebody's just looking at me and staring at me in an awkward way and it throws me off? But I go into the mirror and I say, I know this. I'm an expert at this. If I lose my place, I'll make a joke about it because I'm human. And humans make mistakes. And women all the time, we aim towards that perfection. Yeah, we do. And it's progression, not perfection. Right. Once we get that mindset, it's progression and not perfection, it's gonna be okay. Mm -hmm. It works, it works. But yeah, we're, we have quite a ways, but we've come quite a ways. We have, we've come a long way. A long way, yeah, a long way. It's true. Well, this was an awesome show, I feel like. This is a great episode. We're not done. I know, I'm but. Sorry. Oh, no, I know, oh, but. No. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I'm just feeling really good about where we where we landed, where we are right now in this sure. moment. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> are you Vinny? I'm like, feeling awesome about where we are in this moment. That was, that was such too. a zen thing to say. Like, I, know. In this I feel moment, like I just right had a therapy association or a therapy uh, session. I know. I just feel really <laughs> held in the grace of this moment, actually. <laughs> Alright, it's your mindset, it's your mindset. <laughs> Karen, is there anything coming up you'd like to promote? Um, sure. Well, I am coming out with a book. <gasps> That's exciting. In April. And this is geared towards, it's targeted towards women, this one. And it's my whole thing of self-empowerment, self-confidence. And the key to success, oh, I'm going to say this properly, because you guys can actually vote on me for the um, cover. Oh. oh. The key to being a highly successful woman. Okay. There's my cover. So I'm here's what you're going to do. You're yeah. going to send me a, a JPEG of this. I'm going to put it up on the screen for our audience I'm to so look excited. at. So excited. Yeah, let me say. So it's coming out in April. Now, what this book is, it says an actionable success journal. I believe I'm not writing a long-winded book. It has seven sections to it that talk about empowering yourself as a successful woman. And then these mantras or ahas that you can journal and see if you're doing. Uh -huh. And then I encourage, and also my publisher actually wrote, he reads the book to get the perspective from the woman's side mm -hmm. and what they need in order to generate to be good leaders mm. and everything. He wrote a nice note in the book to me too. That's so cool. So I think it's a great book for women to carry around with them. It's a snippet book, I call it. That's what I call it. And you. You get a little self-doubt, open the chapter, look at a couple of the mantras, put yourself back on track. I like and you it. can write your own, there's a, a place to write notes for yourself, a personal affirmations for yourself, and it really works. And my second book is going to be geared towards the male. Nice. Oh, so let's hear it. So that I'm going to go more into, um, I have a chapter in this called Set the Ego in Check. I'm going to go into it more how the ego drives a lot of men to success and how it may not drive you to success. Mm. How how to differentiate where the ego gets too blown up or it's not blown enough for a successful man. And I'm actually trying to collaborate. I'm working to try to find a male to collaborate with to get the male thought process. Wow. So I have all my ideas in mind now. I'm just trying to pick the right male to do it with that would be interested. Very cool. Cool. So do you have a mantra that you use every day that you just are, whenever something happens, you're like, okay, it's okay, because, and you say it? Well, I have a few. So let me think. <laughs> um... It's okay to be happy. It's not going to drop. Mm. So often we think we're happy and we're in that mode and what's going to happen next? Yeah. Um, I often say to myself, today I'm going to make two to three clear, concise decisions without any doubt. Okay. And my day doesn't go as planned. That's okay because the sun is going to come up tomorrow. Oh, I like that one. The sun will rise tomorrow. Yeah, that's a good one. Now I'm going to have that song stuck in my head for the rest of the day. The sun will come out. Oh, I love her voice. I know. Don't oh, ask stop. me to sing. I think I can sing, but I really can't. <laughs> well, I'm just faking it, so that's You're fine. not faking it. You have a beautiful voice. Thank you. I've heard it come out a few other times on podcasts, just smiling. I know yes. you have a love for plays. I do, yeah, Broadway. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan. There was that time we did If I Could Turn Back Time on this show. Remember that? You oh my don't. God, I do. <laughs> I was just saying, how did you forget that? I think that? I might have Yes, to we, we did the share voice. Yeah. That was pretty fun. Mm -hmm. <laughs> hey, you know what? Music is in my life every day. I want to be able to live without it. You know, somebody recently reminded me, oh, shout out to Stearns Matthews. Um, he reminded me that singing releases oxytocin in your brain, which makes you happy. So if you don't sing in the car, you should because science it makes you happy because okay science. so i know you're a big music fan are you a big music fan sure so 
my therapy, yeah. when people say how I therapy myself, is music. Yeah. So if I have literally playlists based on moods and based yes. on things in my past. So if I just need to like a lift, I have that lift playlist. Mm -hmm. I have my workout, which mm -hmm. is pure rap. Because I just need the beat yeah. of it. And then I have, a, like if I'm just feeling like I'm, I just want a melancholy day, yeah. I have a melancholy playlist. That's and awesome. then I have one playlist that combines it all if I just don't know what I'm doing that mm -hmm. day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I have the same. I have a sing-along playlist. I have an awesome playlist, which is like, like right. lift. Um, it's, yeah, I won't go through them all. But yeah, I, I do the same thing because sometimes you just need what you need. I know. I yeah. just, music is a great therapy. Totally agree. Oxytocin. I totally forgot about it. Science. Hmm. <laughs> All right. I think that's our show. That's our show. Yeah. Thank you so, so much for having me. No, oh, thank great. you. This you guys is awesome. Are terrific. This is great. It really was. We had a great time. Thank you to our listeners and subscribers. We so appreciate the support. Thank you to New Jersey Manufacturers Insurance Group, the official sponsor of the show. They do home, auto, and workers' comp, so check them out. And finally, thank you to Karen Ross of Spectra Bridge Solutions for joining us. Thank you, thank you so us. much, Kate, This is great. I had a lot of fun. I'm so glad. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.